and welcome back, brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Parable of the Vineyard YouTube live stream Torah portion study. We are at week 30 and 31. We are actually catching up from last week because I missed last week due to my trip. Uh, so we're doing week 30 and 31. It's uh, We have portion Kodesh, uh, Kodeshim, which means holy ones, um, which is Leviticus 19 and Leviticus 20. And Emor, which is to speak, which is uh, Leviticus chapters 21 through the end of 24. So we're, we're going to be reading uh, Leviticus 19 through 24. Uh, after this week, we've only got two more weeks in Leviticus, and then we're on to the book of Numbers. So um, exciting stuff. Uh, Leviticus is exciting, too. Actually, matter of fact, uh, when I was preparing for this, oops, I fell backwards. When I, <laughs> when I was preparing for this, uh, See, I was like blown away, right? I was blown away how good chapter 19 is. I mean, this whole this whole section is actually really good. Uh, but 19 is like really, really good. I forgot uh, how much is included in this one chapter. Um, so anyways, we'll be talking about it. But uh, in case that you're new here, you just stumbled across this, uh, what we're doing is every week we're, we're doing the weekly Torah portions where we take a section out of the Torah, we read it, and make connections to other scriptures, discuss it, um, pretty casual. Um, you know, uh, just to give you also a, uh, not a warning, but a disclaimer, uh, I am a student of the Torah, and uh, I've been called to, to study the Torah, and I basically invite you to study alongside with me. Um, we can be study partners together. So uh, if you're in, Put it right there. We'll be study partners. We'll shake hands. So, anyways, <laughs> before we get started, let's uh, let's open up with a little bit of prayer, and um, we'll get right into it. Heavenly Father, Yahweh, we just come before you, and we just bless you in Yahusha's name. Thank you, first and foremost, by allowing us to be reconciled back to you through him. And as the scripture states, Abba, we just pray that you open our eyes to the wondrous matters of your Torah, that we could understand better, grow thereby, and our faith be increased. Abba, we just pray that you continue to guide us along this walk as we wait for Messiah Husha to return and to gather us unto you. We bless you. Amen and amen. Okay, let me take a look at the chat, make sure it's looking okay. Okay, looks good. All right, excellent. Let's keep going. All right, so... We'll get right into it at Leviticus 19. Do a screen share. And we will be reading, of course, from the Sefer version, which is my version of choice. Other good versions as well, but personal favorite. Okay, Leviticus 19.1. And Yahuwah spoke unto Moshe, saying, Speak unto all the assembly of the children of Yashrael, and say unto them, Ye shall be holy, for I, Yahuwah, Elohim, am holy. Right? So we're to be set apart, just like Yahuwah is set apart. Even Peter repeats it, you know, be ye holy, for he is holy. Verse 3. Ye shall fear every man his mother and his father, and guard my Shabbatot. I am Yahuwah Elohim. Right, so here we are. I mean, this verse, uh, chapter nineteen, is packed with just 
you know, awesome instructions about his commandments. I mean, we're obviously to honor our mother and our father, uh, which is the first, you know, commandment that comes with some promise and to guard his Sabbath, right? Unfortunately, probably the number one commandment that is unfortunately not even looked at by majority of those that call upon his name or I think that they think that they are, unfortunately. We don't mock them. We pray for them. And at any point we can, we share the good news to them so that maybe one day Yahuwah might give them understanding and cultivation. Verse 14, Turn ye not unto idols, nor make yourselves molten Elohim. I am Yahuwah Elohim, right? No graven images. We're not going to pray or bow down to any of these images. And like we've said before, you know, they, you know, people over centuries didn't pray to these idols and whatnot because it didn't work, because it did. It did work. Uh, we learn in Jasher, right, that uh, Laban, 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 um, the uh, father of um, Leah and Rachel, he used divination through these idols to find out certain things. And that's actually, we ended up finding out that's the reason why Rachel stole his, uh, her father's images um, so that he couldn't find them when they fled. And that's why she ended up hiding them. And anyway, so just, yeah, <laughs> that was a weird rabbit hole. But yeah, that's no idols. Pretty easy, right? But remember, we can also have idols in our hearts. People still serve idols of metal, wood, iron, whatever. I mean, think about most people's idolatry and, you know, uh, vehicles, homes, um, jewelry, of course. The, the list goes on. But just remember, it's not just about bowing down to a statue, right? Uh, we can also have this idolatry in our heart. Verse 5, And if ye offer a sacrifice of peace offerings unto Yahuwah, ye shall offer it at your own will. It shall be eaten the same day ye offer it, and on the morrow, and if aught remain until the third day, it shall be burnt in the fire. And if it be eaten at all on the third day, it is abominable. It shall not be accepted. So I was actually talking with some brothers about this the other day, and, you know, this is speaking about a, a sacrifice, you know, in general, um, that we're not supposed to eat the meat of it on the third day. Now, granted, they didn't have refrigeration back then, um, you know, it was hard, really hard to keep meat good uh, past three days. So I, I think a lot of that had, you know, had some health implications behind it. But, you know, I, I got to ask, you know, does it apply to meat for us in today's world? Maybe not. Maybe because we have refrigeration. Maybe not because these aren't sacrifices to Yahuwah. But are they? Is eating meat in general, you know, a sacrifice um, you know, uh, we don't think like this, but, you know, think of, uh, let's say, let's say I was a, uh, let's say you were a, um, um, a, um, you know, cattle, cattle farmer. Um, let's say you were, you, you survived off cattle and, um, you know, you know that your, your female cows could give you 150 gallons of milk a year. But you've got, uh, um, you know, a friend coming into town, and you're like, hey, you know, I really want to, want to put on a put on a good uh, good dinner for him. 
Well, you've got to sacrifice one of your cattle that you know is going to be good for 150 gallons of milk a year or however many pounds of cheese a year. Um, you've got to cut all that off, right? Cut off its life and you can eat it and you can, you can, you got to do everything you got to do with it in three days, right? Um, it's a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of their life so you can eat it. That is a sacrifice, right? Now, it's not a sacrifice like, you know, how it's going on in Leviticus here with the priests and done properly and on the altar and all that kind of stuff. You know, the priests getting their portion. So it's different, but I'm just posing a question. You know, should we be eating meat after three days, regardless of refrigeration or what made me think about it was like beef jerky? Should we? Why? Why not? I don't know. Canned meat? I'm looking around, right? Because I have some like canned food and stuff. I've got some canned chicken breast up there. Maybe I shouldn't have that. I don't know. Something, again, uh, this is why I, po- I, I gave you the warning up front. Hey, I, I'm studying the Torah. I am no professional Torah professor. I have some questions. They couldn't eat the meat, right, past the third day. Can we, just because we know how to can and we know how to refrigerate? Just a question. Curious as to some of your thoughts on this. I'll be taking a look at the... Um, I, I take a look... I took a closer look at the comments on Torah portions than anything else because I really... I love... Uh, I want your feedback on this and I really, really want to learn. I want to learn from each other. So, something to think about. So, verse 8. Therefore, everyone that eats of it shall bear his iniquity because he has profaned the hallowed thing of Yahuwah and that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Alright, verse 9. And when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field, neither shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest. And you shall not glean your vineyard, neither shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am Yahuwah Elohim. So if you're not familiar with these terms, when you do a harvest, right, uh, they'd go through and do the harvest of whatever it is, wheat or grapes, whatever. When you, when you do that reaping, um, naturally some stuff is left behind. You'll have some like random clusters of grapes. You'll have some, you know, some stalks of wheat still uh, hanging around or it was missed. Uh, so what Yahuwah is saying here is you don't go back and reap again. And, and glean, gleaning makes, it means like getting all the remnant of it as well. Right here it says, gather the gleanings of your harvest. So he's saying don't do that. Um it says, you shall not glean your vineyard, neither shall you gather every grape of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor. So what they would do is leave the gleanings for the poor to come and take. The story of Ruth is a perfect example. Uh, super poor, and uh, she went to Boaz's um, um, field, and she got what uh, whatever was dropped or what was left behind, Um and we saw that, you know, in the story, or in that story, in the in the account of what happened, um, you know, Boaz was like, you know, drop some stuff, or drop some stuff her way. It's not a big deal. <laughs> so, anyways, um, so that's uh, what's going on here. And you know, we we've got to care for the poor. Uh, just a quick uh, verse on this in reference: Proverbs nineteen seventeen. He that hath pity on the poor lendeth unto Yahuwah, and that which he hath given, he will pay him again. That's what the scripture says. 
it's uh, I can I can tell you that uh, I know a lot of us have seen this verse come to life in our in our lives. Um, it's just amazing how it works. But you know, we shouldn't give just to know that we'll get back because Yahuwah will you know give us more. We should give out of uh, the tenderness of our heart and um, you know let Yahuwah bless us in due time, right? Right, so you shall leave them for the poor and the stranger. I am Yahuwah Elohim. You shall not steal, neither deal falsely, neither lie one to another. And you shall not swear by my name falsely, neither shall you profane the name of your Elohim. I am Yahuwah. You shall not defraud your neighbor, neither rob him. The wages of him that is hired shall not abide with you all night until the morning. Right, so if you're, uh, if you're a business owner... You should pay your servant uh, or your, your employee. That's probably better terminology in today's world. Your employee uh, wages that day. I don't know that some people, uh, it's you know very common to have weekly pay or bi-weekly pay. Um, so take that, uh, take that and uh, ponder it, right? You shall not curse the deaf, nor put a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall fear your Elohim, I am Yahuwah. You shall do no unrighteousness in judgment. You shall not respect the person of the poor, nor honor the person of the mighty, but in righteousness shall you judge your neighbor. So essentially, you know, you know, if there's a dispute between two people, and let's say let's say a, a rich person is in argument with a poor person. Right, and you're like the mediator, the judge. You can't judge in favor of the poor person just because they're poor, and you feel like they should have the money. Or let's just let's call it let's say let's say it's a dispute about money, and we you can't just judge in favor for the poor person because you feel bad because they're poor, and the rich person you're like you don't even need this money. You know it could be like a hundred bucks, and this you know rich person's a millionaire. You know you could just be like this rich person doesn't need this hundred bucks but the poor person poor person does need it so i'm going to judge in the favor of the poor person just because he needs it no that's not what this, the torah says no you you give righteous judgment regardless of the situation you judge righteously every time right and that goes for uh, tons of circumstances like you don't judge in favor of your friend you know versus uh, let's say someone that may not be your friend uh, you wouldn't judge the matter in favor of your friend just because of your friend. You judge righteously of whatever the truth is, whatever is right, because we know that Yahweh sees every move that you make, uh, including uh, matters like this, especially matters like this. You know what is uh, what does Yeshua say? I think it's uh, Matthew. I think it's Matthew twenty three, twenty three, huh? Twenty three, twenty three. Yeah. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have om. Right, so they're like, you're you you do well to do your tithes, right? And have omitted, right? You withheld the weightier matters of the Torah, judgment, right? So that's what we're talking about here: judgment, mercy, and faith. These ought you to have done and not leave the other undone. So. Judgment, righteous judgment, is part of the weightier matters of the Torah. So, but again, but in righteousness you shall judge your neighbor. You shall not go up and down as a talebearer among your people. Neither shall you stand against the blood of your neighbor. I am Yahuwah. 
tale bearer, right? Telling tall tales, telling stories, right? You're that you're that loud mouth that uh, can't shut his or her mouth, and you've always got to say something. You've always got to be like, "Did you hear so and so? Did you hear about?" And so easy on on social media. I get it, but we we can't be these kind of people, right? Verse 17, you shall not hate your brother in your heart. You shall in any wise rebuke your neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. So here's those two things here, right? So Yeshua told us, uh, you've heard it was said of all, of all time, thou shalt uh, uh, love thine enemies and, and uh, uh, I'm sorry, love your neighbor and hate thine enemy. Um, you know, but he says, right? He says to, uh, or I'm sorry, Forgive me. What I really meant to say was, what Yeshua said, you've heard of it was said of old time, uh, that shall not do murder. But I say unto you, if you hate your brother in your heart without a cause, right? He basically goes on to say that hating someone in your heart is just like murder, right? And uh, I think in the letters of John, he expounds on that even further. Like he goes like, you know, if you... You don't love your brother that you can see. How can you love God, Elohim, that you cannot see? He's like, it's impossible. You can't. Um, in the book of Gad, in the book of the prophet Gad the seer, David, in an awesome speech, says um, to, you know, love those. I think he says, love those made in the image of Yah. So love your neighbor, essentially. And when you do so, it shows that you love the Creator, right? It's an image. It's a reflection of you loving the Creator, because He created these people that you're loving, right? Um, so you know, we've got to let it go. If we have odd against our brother, we got to let it go. And I, I, this has happened to me recently. A brother that I love very much um, has done a ter- terrible trespass, right? And it's hard. It's hard when you see these things, these kind of things happen. But you've got to let it go, and you've got to forgive them. You have to. And honestly, even if your brother doesn't seek forgiveness, even if he he or she hasn't asked you for forgiveness, you've got to let it go in your heart, and you've got to forgive them in your heart. You don't have to verbally say, you know, I forgive you if they haven't asked for forgiveness. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is in your heart, you got to let go and forgive them in your heart. You have to do it. You can't be upset with them and hate them in your heart, right? It's just like murder. The second part is, you shall in any wise rebuke your neighbor and not suffer sin upon him. So this is saying that if they're in an error, you shall rebuke them. You will rebuke them. That is also how you love them, is by rebuking is love. For Proverbs 9, 8 through 10, reprove not a scorner lest he hate you. Rebuke a wise man and he will love you. Give instruction to a wise man and he will yet be wiser be yet wiser. Teach a just man and he will increase in learning. And this continues to say, the fear of Yahweh is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. So here we can connect uh, re- rebuking right a wise man or, re- or um, teaching a just man um, in- giving instruction to a wise man. Uh, we can liken that to the fear of Yahuwah, right? Because we love others made in the image of Yah. We love our neighbor, period. 
Verse 18, you shall not avenge, this will sound familiar to some of you, you shall not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am Yahuwah. Yes, this is what Yahusha quoted as the second greatest commandment. Matthew 22, 35 through 40 states, Then one of them, which is a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Yahusha saith unto him, Thou shalt love Yahweh thy Elohim with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And so it's basically taking the second portion of Leviticus 19.18 here, right? That you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So greatest commandment, loving Yah. Second greatest commandment, loving your neighbor as yourself. Now, and the great news is the rest of the commandments in the Torah just give you a lot of explanations of how you do that, how you actually love Yah, how you actually love people. Um, they give you an explanation for it, which, well, there's some really good ones in here um, in this chapter alone, actually this whole Torah portion. Um 1919, you shall guard my statutes. You shall not let your cattle gender with a diverse kind. So, you know, it's like, um, you know, it's almost like, well, it's like, I mean, even if you don't know much about cattle, there's different types of cattle, um, right? Don't let your cattle gender, right? You know, breed with a diverse kind. Keep the, keep them separated, you know, as far as the mixing together. Same thing with seeds, right? You should not sow your field with mingled seed. Neither shall uh, and we'll stop, we'll stop there. So you not sow your field with mingled seed. We shouldn't, be, uh, you know, this is essentially saying we shouldn't be doing all this hybrid this and hybrid that and splicing this with splicing that. Uh, that's not how he intended it. He made certain things the way he made them, and let's let's keep them that way. Now I will say in the days that we're living in, it's tough to even have vegetables that aren't spliced. I mean, I didn't learn till like just a, maybe a year ago that broccoli. Uh, is, you know, a splicing of, I think, cauliflower and something else. And kale isn't even original. And strawberries aren't even original. And bananas aren't even original, you know? So it's just like, man, it's tough. It's tough in our day to really uh, stay away from all this stuff. Uh, and this is something that I'm just continuing to pray about as to how we proceed. Um, do we not eat any vegetables, you know? I mean, what's what's been untouched at this point? But... Um, uh, something to continue to, to uh, discuss. Neither shall a garment mingled of linen and woolen come upon you. Uh, and this is kind of interesting. You know, um, it's it was only the priest. Uh, the priest, uh, they had linen garments and they had woolen garments. Um, to, you know, just a way to separate the people from um, the priests. Some people say that there's a lot of physical... Uh, there's some physical characteristics of mixing uh, f fibers, fa fabrics, that kind of stuff. But I invite you to you know, take a look and research into that in your own time. Your own time. This is your own time. This is all of our own time. You know what I mean. Uh, aside from this uh, Torah portion is what I'm trying to say. Excuse me. And uh, Verse 20. And whosoever lies carnally with a woman that is a bondmaid betrothed to a man and not at all redeemed, nor freedom given to her, she shall be scourged, they shall not be put to death because she was not free. 
and he shall bring his trespass offering unto Yahuwah, unto the door of the tabernacle of the assembly, even a ram for a trespass offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for him with the ram of the trespass offering before Yahuwah for his sin which he has done. And the sin which he has done shall be forgiven him. And when ye shall come into the land, and shall have planted all manner of trees for food, then ye shall count the fruit thereof as uncircumcised. Three years shall it be uncircumcised unto you, it shall not be eaten of. But in the fourth year all the fruit thereof shall be holy to praise Yahuwah withal. And in the fifth year shall ye eat of the fruit thereof, that it may yield unto you the increase thereof. I am Yahuwah Elohim. You know what's interesting about this? We've shown many examples, and we won't go into all of it today, but there's so many scriptures that liken men as trees. And we know that there's tons of scriptures that tells us that we need to bear fruit. Uh, but the, the, the best one by far is Psalm 1, uh, which says, Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the Torah of Yahuwah, and in his Torah doth he meditate day and night. And he, so the person that does that, shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth. So uh, the keeping of the Torah is essentially what our what our duty of man i mean what is the what is the end of of what is the end of ecclesiastes 12 say um let us con- hear the conclusion of the whole matter fear elohim keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man this is what it means to bring forth fruit so it's like you know a cucumber plant it it comes from a seed it grows up it you know it gets big and it produces cucumbers, tomato plants. Its fruit that benefits, you know, that benefits is, uh, you know, a tomato, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. All like all likewise, all the other plants, you know, cherry trees. You know, their fruit is cherries. Well, man, who is also likened to a tree, our fruit is the keeping of the Torah, the commandments. Period. That's it. That's what we were made for. The Book of Enoch says we are we were created, right? To praise Yahuwah. That's what we were created for. And to keep his ways. That's it. So, when we think of this, you know, and and just, you know, kind of bringing that into, um, into thinking here with this, what we just read in the Torah, that... Uh, you know, the, the fruit of the tree is not supposed to be eaten for the first three years. Then the fourth is uh, holy to Yahuwah, to praise Yahuwah with. So like your first fruits of the land, you can bring it, you know, in your first fruits and offer it to him. But it's not until the fifth year, you know, that uh, you can eat of it. So, you know, some interesting things, um, you know, there's, um, what is it? Um, I guess you can liken it to, how long we're in this walk, and maybe before we're supposed to, um, um, you know, be in any kind of teaching position, you know, even if it's just sharing the gospel. I don't know. It's just something to consider. Something certainly to consider. Uh, it's got to have some interesting meanings here that apply to us. Um, just like the connection was made, you know, for 
you shall not muzzle the ox while he's you know treading treading the uh, the corn. You know, is that just for for oxen, or is that a symbolic meaning for for men as well? You know, those that are doing the work of Yahuwah to you know, you know make sure they're fed and strong. So something to something to talk about here. Uh, verse twenty six. Ye shall not eat anything with the blood, neither shall ye use enchantment nor practice sorcery. Right? Um, what was it in the uh, in the KJV? It said something else here. I just want to look at it real quick. All right. So you shall neither use enchantment nor observe times. And I just want to, yeah, here we go. Observer of times. So this is different, right? So like, you know, Paul, a lot of people use Paul, you know, and he says, you observe, uh, you observe days and months and years, right? So he's talking about being an observer of times. Yeah, he wasn't talking about, you know, not observing the Torah. Uh, he wasn't, he wasn't scorning people for observing the Torah. At least I don't think, you know. Um, but uh, observer of times, right? The uh, observe times, practice soothsaying or spiritism or magic or augury or witchcraft, soothsayer, enchanter, sorceress, div- uh, diviner, fortune teller, uh, all that kind of stuff. So it's not talking about this is a completely different word uh, and understanding and meaning than that of Moed, which is the appointed times of Yahweh, which we'll actually be talking about today with, with Leviticus 23. So just uh, something to consider. Uh, verse 27, You shall not round the corners of your heads, neither shalt thou mar the corners of thy beard. And a lot of people would say that, you know, it's just like, you know, tr- you know, keeping this nice and, and neat, which I haven't been able, I wasn't able to do because the haircutting places are closed. But, um, you know, from what I understand, this has to do with... Um, Actually, what verse 28 says here, you know, you shall not make any cuttings in your flesh for the dead. Apparently, some of these practices were the same. But from what I understand, you know, um, marring the corner of your beard is like turning your beard into like a goatee, which is basically like shaving all this off and just having, sorry, just having like a goatee kind of thing going on. But, um, you know, I'm open on that. You shall not make any cuttings for the... Uh, cuttings in your flesh for the dead, nor print any marks upon you. I am Yahuwah. And, uh, you know, the the tattoo subject gets brought up a lot with this verse. And, um, you know, I'll have to admit, I have got two tattoos, and I am very sorrowful that I have them. Um, you know, I don't put any judgment on anybody that has tattoos. I mean, goodness, my, my best friend and ministry partner, Justin, you know, he's all tatted up, you know, but I think... All of us now, if we were given a, a fresh slate here, I don't think we'd have anything on on, on us. Uh, I've seen some people do studies that will be, that will say, you know, no or print any marks upon you has nothing to do with tattoos. Um, I think it, I don't know. I, I'm not going to really go too far into this, but um, I've seen some decent points. But at the end of the day, I, I don't I don't think the there are the our bodies a temple. Uh, should be marked upon, even if it's glorifying him. I don't think that's why he made us. I don't think he made us to have uh, all this stuff all over us. But, um, you know, it is what it is. Like I said, I have two, so I'm not going to be some hypocrite. I'm not judging any of you that have any. Uh, I have two of them myself. 
I am ashamed of them. I wish I didn't have them. And, you know, you know, maybe one day I'll look into getting them removed. But uh, in the meantime, I'm not going to get any more marks on my body. And I wouldn't recommend you doing the same. Although if you feel very strongly about it and you feel like Yahweh is telling you something else and that's not what the scripture says, you know, that's on you. 29. Do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore. Seems kind of self-explanatory, right? But I guess, you know, desperate people come, you know, comes with desperate measures. You know, you never know. Lest the land fall to whoredom and the land become full of wickedness. Ye shall keep my Sabbaths. Oops, I should read this in. Ye shall guard my sh- my Shabbatot. Shabbatot. And reverence my sanctuary. I am Yahuwah. Shabbatot. Shabbatot. Sorry. Shabbatot. I always get mixed up. The T-H is a hard T. It's not a F. I still mess that up. Shabbatot. And reverence my sanctuary. I am Yahuwah. Regard not them that have familiar spirits. Neither seek after wizards to be defiled by them. I am Yahuwah Elohim. You shall rise up before the gray head and honor the face of the old man. And fear your Elohim, I am Yahweh. This is a good one. You know, this is just excellent. This, is, this whole chapter is just filled with excellent advice, right? Um, this is right here. This is saying to honor honor the elderly, period. You know, and, and quite frankly, I'm taking this literally. Like, you know, like if you're sitting around somewhere um, and there's very limited seating and, you know, an old person walks in. Uh, get up, right, right? You shall rise up before the gray head. Uh, and, you know, when this is, this is definitely speaking about like a place of honor, like, you know, they come into the room, you know, stand up, greet them. But I'm also saying like real life application for, you know, today's world, you're sitting somewhere like, you know, sitting like, like the DMV or the licensed branch, whatever you call it. And it's what state you live in. Um, and there's limited seating and some old person walks in and you're, you know, you're sitting down, get up. Now, if you're a senior yourself and you're, you know, you're hearing this, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Right. But I'm talking about, you know, this younger generations, respect your elder, find ways to respect your elders. We can all find ways we can respect our elders. Um, but this is a excellent command. Um, I don't think there's enough honor from the youth of the, of these days um, you know, to give honor to the aged, right? It says, honor the face of the old man and fear, fear your Elohim, I am Yahuwah. So we can equate taking care of or, or, or respecting and honoring the elderly, we can equate that to fearing Elohim, right? Because we're keeping his Torah, keeping his ways. Leviticus 19.33, And if a stranger sojourn with you in your land, ye shall not vex him. But the stranger that dwells with you shall be unto you as one born among you, and ye shall love him as yourself. For ye were strangers in the land of Mitzrayim. I am Yahuwah Elohim. Ye shall do no unrighteousness in judgment, in meat yard. This is all like measures, right? Meat yard, in weight or in measure. Just balances, just weights, a just ephah, and a just hin shall you have. 
I am Yahweh Elohim, which brought you out of the land of Mitzrayim. Therefore, you shall guard all my statutes and all my judgments and do them. I am Yahuwah. Amen. Right? Guard all his statutes. It's the same story all over again, brothers and sisters. His children were in bondage in Egypt. He saved them, brought them in the wilderness, and tested them to see if he'd keep his commandments or not. We're stuck in the in Egypt once again. Some would say Babylon. Fine. Regardless, um, he saved us through his son Messiah Yahusha. And here we are in the wilderness of the peoples. And he's testing us whether we are going to keep his commandments or not. Nothing new. Nothing new. All right, Leviticus 20. And Yahuwah spoke unto Moshe, saying, Again, you shall say to the children of Yashrael, Whosoever he be of the children of Yashrael, or of the strangers that sojourn in Yashrael, that gives any of his seed unto Molech, he shall surely be put to death. The people of the land shall stone him with stones. And I will set my face against that man, and will cut him off from among his people, because he has given of his seed unto Molech, to defile my sanctuary, and to profane my holy name. And if the people of the land do anywise hide their eyes from the man when he gives his seed unto Molech, and kill him not, then I will set my face against that man, and against his family, and I will cut him off, and all that go whoring after him, to commit whoredom with Molech from among their people." So this was a disgusting practice that I think most of you are pretty familiar. Um, they, uh, yeah, right here, front and center. They, uh, here, they used to think that they would sacrifice their children to bless the rest of their family, to have increase of the rain and the crops and all that kind of stuff by putting this baby right here and putting it in the fire to Molech. So basically, I mean, can you imagine having like an infant, little infant baby, and you burn it in the fire to, to this thing? I mean, I'm like, what the? Like, how deranged do people have to be, you know? But they, then again, you know, while this is so horrific i mean similar horrific things going on today with planned parenthood and abortions right so hey we're just as equally guilty if not worse because it's just the sheer numbers like what millions upon millions of people of babies are aborted just in this country alone a few examples jeremiah 19 5 they have built also the high places of Baal to, to burn their sons with fire for burnt offerings unto Baal, which I commanded not, nor spake it, neither came it into my mind. Jeremiah 7, 30-31 For the children of Judah have done evil in my sight, saith Yahuwah. They have set their abominations in the house which is called by my name to pollute it. And they have built, high, built the high places of Topheth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, to burn their sons and daughters in the fire, which I commanded them not, neither came it into my heart. Horrible. Terrible. 
Verse 6, And the soul that turns after such as have familiar spirits and after wizards to go a-whoring after them, I will even set my face against that soul, and I will cut him off from among his people. Sanctify yourselves, therefore, and be ye holy, for I am Yahuwah Elohim, and ye shall guard my statutes and do them. I am Yahuwah Mekodishim. I'm sorry. Mekodishik. Mekodashikim. Sorry. Mekodishikim. Yeah, this is not used very often. Sorry. Mekodashikim. For everyone that curses his father or his mother shall be surely put to death. He has cursed his father or his mother. His blood shall be upon him. And the man that breaks wedlock, right, adultery, with another man's woman, even he that breaks wedlock with his neighbor's woman, the man and the woman that breaks wedlock shall be surely put to death. <clears throat> and the man that lies with his father's woman has uncovered his father's nakedness. Both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. So this is this verse here is why a lot of people believe that um, um, Ham, when it said that he saw the nakedness of his father, um, would say, hey, you know, he slept with his mom. Which is very true. It's very possible. Um, but it did also say that he was uncovered in his tent. He got drunk and he was uncovered in his tent. So it could go either way. He, you know, Ham either saw Noah naked or he literally slept with his mom. So the the problem with uh, the theory of him sleeping with his mom, uh, his mom should have been put to death, right? It says both of them shall surely be put to death. Their blood should be upon them. But we don't see that uh, at all. Uh, we don't see, even see Ham being put to death. We just uh, see that he's cursed because he saw Noah naked and he told his two brothers, like, come check out Dad. He's naked. And they were like, I'm not even going to look. I'm going to go backwards and put a, you know, put a blanket over him. Verse 12. And if a man lie with his daughter-in-law, both of them shall surely be put to death. They have wrought confusion. Their blood shall be upon them. Right, so I think this word confusion was used twice, like once for uh, bestiality, and then also for this a man and his daughter-in-law. That's confusion; their blood shall be upon them. If a man also lie with mankind as he lives, as he lies with a woman, both of them have committed an abomination. They shall be surely put to death; their blood shall be upon them. So this is homosexuality, right? So it's saying if a man has intercourse with a man uh, like he would or should have with a woman um, that he has committed an abomination that he shall be surely put to death their blood shall be upon them so and we live in a country where sodomy is uh, lightly regarded you know it's legalized um, legalized marriage anyways that's why I can't get behind, you know, current modern day politics because abortions are still going. Um, this right here is still okay. So, yeah. And if a man take a woman and her mother, it is wickedness. They shall be burnt with fire, both he and they, that there be no wickedness among you. And if a man lie with a beast, he shall be surely put to death, and ye shall slay the beast. Right, so bestiality. 
And if a woman approach unto any beast and lie down thereto, you shall kill the woman and the beast. They shall surely be put to death. Their blood shall be upon them. And if a man shall take his sister, his father's daughter, or his mother's daughter, and see her nakedness, and see and she sees his nakedness, it is a wicked thing, and they shall be cut off in the sight of their people. He has uncovered his sister's nakedness. He shall bear his iniquity. And if a man shall lie with a woman having her sickness, and shall uncover her nakedness, he has discovered her fountain, and she has uncovered the fountain of her blood, and both of them shall be cut off from among their people. Right. So this is when a woman is during her menstrual period. Just don't do it. Just wait. Not a big deal. It's totally against Torah to have intercourse when the woman is in her menstrual cycle. Just wait. Are you that lustful that you can't wait, right? Just wait. And you shall not uncover the nakedness of your mother's sister, nor of your father's sister, for he uncovers his near kin. They shall bear their iniquity. And if a man shall lie with his uncle's woman, he has uncovered his uncle's nakedness. They shall bear their sin. They shall die childless. And if a man shall take his brother's woman, it is an unclean thing. He has uncovered his brother's nakedness. They shall be childless. So this is what uh, John the Baptist was um, reproving Herod for. Because Herod took his brother's wife. And he took her to wife, right? So this is why, rightly so, John was like, can't do that. And that's why Herodias wanted him dead. And she got her wish when her daughter danced and got what she wanted. Leviticus twenty twenty two. Ye shall therefore guard all my statutes and all my judgments and do them, that the land, whither I bring you to dwell therein, spew you not out. And ye shall not walk in the manners of the nation which I cast out before you. For they committed all these things, and therefore I abhorred them. But I have said unto you, ye shall inherit their land, and I will give it unto you to possess it, a land that flows with milk and honey. I am Yahuwah Elohim, which have separated you from other people. Ye shall therefore put difference between clean beasts and unclean, and between unclean fowls and clean. And ye shall not make your souls abominable, abominable by beast, or, or by fowl, or by any manner of living thing that creeps on the ground, which I have separated from you as unclean. And ye shall be holy unto me, for I, Yahuwah, am holy, and have severed you from other people, that ye shall be mine. A man also, or a woman, that has a familiar spirit, or that is a wizard, shall surely be put to death. They shall stone them with stones, their blood shall be upon them. Okay, we're going to do, head on over, now we're in this, so we just finished uh, week 30. Um... Kodeshim. Now we're going to move into week 31, uh, Emor. Okay, Leviticus 21. And Yahuwah said unto Moshe, Speak unto the priests of the sons of Aharon, and say unto them, There shall none be defiled for the dead among his people. But for his kin that is near unto him, that is, for his mother, and for his father, and for his son, and for his daughter, and for his brother, and for his sister, a virgin that is nigh unto him, which has had no man, for her he may be defiled. Right? This is a what, handling of the dead body. Right? Just like a Nazarite. When a Nazarite takes a vow 
No, uh, don't cut their hair. No, shave their beard. Don't drink any uh, alcohol. Don't touch any of the dead. Don't be defiled with the dead. All right, so this is talking about priests. Priests not being defiled with the dead except for basically immediate family, essentially, is what this is going to boil on down to. What we call immediate family. But he shall not defile himself, being a chief man among his people to profane himself. They shall not make baldness upon their head, neither shall they shave off the corner of their beard, nor make any cuttings in their flesh. They shall be holy unto their Elohim, and not profane the name of their Elohim. For the offerings of Yahuwah made by fire, and the bread of their Elohim they do offer. Therefore they shall be holy." They shall not take a woman that is a whore or profane or profane. Neither shall they take a woman put away from her man divorced, for he is holy unto his Elohim. Right? So a priest can't marry Yeah, anything other than a pure virgin. Uh, you shall sanctify him, therefore, for he offers the bread of your Elohim. He shall be holy unto you, for I, Yahuwah, which sanctify you, am holy. And the daughter of any priest, if she profane herself by playing the whore, she profanes her father. She shall be burnt with fire. And he that is the high priest among his brethren, upon whose head the anointing oil was poured, and that is consecrated to put on the garments shall not uncover his head, nor rend his clothes. Neither shall he go into any dead body, nor defile himself for his father or for his mother. So the high priest can't even, you know, um, minister to the dead, even his immediate family. That's just the high priest. Neither shall he go out of the sanctuary, nor profane the sanctuary of his Elohim, for the crown of the anointing oil of his Elohim is upon him. I am Yahuwah. And he shall take a woman in her virginity, a widow or a divorced woman or profane or harlot. These shall he not take, but he shall take a virgin of his own people to be his woman. Neither shall he profane his seed among his people, for I, Yahuwah, do sanctify him. And Yahuwah spoke unto Moshe, saying, Speak unto El Aharon, saying, Whoever he be of your seed in their generations that has any blemish, let him not approach to offer the bread of his Elohim. For whatsoever man he be that has a blemish, he shall not approach. A blind man, or lame, or he that has a flat nose, or anything superfluous. Superfluous is uh, like added to, so I feel like uh, you have like extra stuff, like growths or whatnot, or like an extra arm, or that's pretty uncommon. Um, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, it's extra, extra body parts, extra skin, something you shouldn't have naturally. How about that? Or a man that is broken-footed or broken-handed or crook-backed or a dwarf or he that has a blemish in his eye or be scurvy or scabbed or has his stones broken. No man that has a blemish of the seed of, of Aharon the priest shall come nigh to offer the offerings of Yahuwah made by fire. He has a blemish. He shall not come nigh to offer the bread of his Elohim. He shall eat the bread of his Elohim, both of the most holy and of the holy. Right? So he's like, he can eat the bread of the priests, right? But he is not going to come near to me and minister to me. Listen, he's allowed to be picky. The Most High is allowed to be picky. If he wants to be picky to who ministers to him, so be it. 
Only he shall not go in unto the veil, nor come nigh unto the altar, because he has a blemish. Right? So just like we see with the, the I mean, even the offerings have to be spotted, or have to be unspotted, and, and um, no blemishes. So, you know, he wants his priest to be the same. That he profane not my sanctuaries, for I, Yahuwah, do sanctify them. And Moshe told it unto El Ahron, and to his sons, and unto all the children of Yashorel, all right, chapter 22. And Yahweh spoke unto Moshe, saying, Speak unto El Ahron and to his sons, that they separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Yashrael, and that they profane not my holy name in those things which they hollow unto me. I am Yahuwah. Say unto them, Whosoever he be of all your seed among your generations that goes unto the holy things which the children of Yashorel hollow unto Yahuwah, having his uncleanness upon him, that soul shall be cut off from my presence. I am Yahuwah. What man soever of the seed of Aharon is a leper or has a running issue, he shall not eat of the holy things until he be clean. And whoso touches anything that is unclean by the dead, or a man whose seed goes from him, or whosoever touches any creeping thing, whereby he may be made unclean, or a man of whom he may take uncleanness, whatsoever uncleanness he has, the soul which has touched any such, any such shall be unclean until the evening, and shall not eat of the holy things unless he wash his flesh with water. And when the sun is down, he shall be clean and shall afterward eat of the holy things, because it is his food. That which dies of itself or is torn with beasts, he shall not eat to defile himself therewith. I am Yahuwah. They shall therefore guard my ordinance, lest they bear sin for it, and die therefore, if they profane it. I, Yahuwah, do sanctify them. There shall no stranger eat of the holy thing. A sojourner of the priest or a hired servant shall not eat of the holy thing. But if the priest buy any soul with his money, he shall eat of it. And he that is born in his house, they shall eat of his meat. If the priest's daughter also be married unto a stranger, she may not eat of an offering of the holy things. But if the priest's daughter be a widow or divorced and have no child and is returned unto her father's house as in her youth, she shall eat of her father's meat, but there shall no stranger eat thereof. And if a man eat of the holy things unwittingly, then he shall put the fifth part thereof unto it, and shall give it unto the priest with the holy thing. And they shall not profane the holy things of the children of Yashrael, which they offer unto Yahuwah. Or suffer them to bear the iniquity of trespass when they eat their holy things, for I, Yahuwah, do sanctify them. And Yahweh spoke unto El Moshe, saying, Speak unto El Ahron and to his sons, and unto all the children of Yashrael, and say unto them, Whatsoever he be of the house of Yashrael, or of the strangers in Yashrael, that will offer his oblation for all his vows, and for all his freewill offerings, which they will offer unto Yahweh for burnt offering, ye shall offer at your own will a male without blemish of the cattle, of the sheep, or of the goats. But whatsoever has a blemish, that ye shall you not offer, for it shall not be acceptable for you. And whosoever offers a sacrifice of peace offerings unto Yahuwah to accomplish his vow, or a freewill offering in the cattle or sheep, it shall be perfect to be accepted. 
there shall be no blemish therein. Blind or broken or maimed or having a running sore or scurvy or scabbed, ye shall not offer these unto Yahuwah, nor make an offering by fire of them upon the altar unto Yahuwah. Either a bullock or a lamb that has anything superfluous or lacking in his parts, that may you offer a freewill offering, but for a vow it shall not be accepted. You shall not offer unto Yahuwah that which is bruised or crushed or broken or cut, neither shall you make any offering thereof in your land. Neither from a stranger's hand shall you offer the bread of your Elohim of any of these, because it is their corru- because their corruption is in them, and blemishes be in them, they shall not be accepted for you. And Yahuwah spoke unto Moshe, saying, When a bullock or a sheep or a goat is brought forth, then it shall be seven days under the dam. And from the eighth day and thenceforth it shall be accepted for an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah. And whether it be cow or ewe, ye shall not kill it, and her young both in one day. And when ye will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto Yahuwah, offer it at your own free will. On the same day it shall be eaten up, ye shall leave none of it until the morrow, I am Yahuwah. Therefore shall ye guard my commandments, and do them, I am Yahuwah. Neither shall ye profane my holy name, but I will be hallowed among the children of Yashrael. I am Yahuwah, which hallow you. That brought you out of the land of Mitzrayim to be your Elohim. I am Yahuwah. Okay. Just a moment here. So now we're going to go into Leviticus 23, which is the uh, uh, the Moedim, the appointed times. Leviticus 23. And Yahuwah spoke unto Moshe, saying, Speak unto the children of Yashrael, and say unto them, Concerning the feasts of Yahuwah, which ye shall proclaim to be holy assemblies, even these are my feasts. Six days work shall work be done, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of rest. A holy assembly, ye shall do no work therein. It is the Sabbath of Yahuwah in all your dwellings. Alright. What's interesting here is, right, uh, well, I do believe the Sabbath is a feast day. I don't believe it's a feast day of, uh, in which we're, we're about to explain um, these special, special uh, uh, seven Moedim. So, in verse four, it says, "These are the feasts of Yahuwah, even my holy assembly." So, it kind of, it's like the Shabbat is one, but this is specifically talking about um, the holy feast days of Yahuwah. Even holy assemblies, which ye shall proclaim in their appointed times. And the fourteenth day of the first month at evening is Yahuwah's Pesach, Passover. And on the fifteenth day of the same month is the feast of Matzah, unleavened bread. Unto Yahuwah seven days ye must eat Matzah, unleavened bread. And the first day ye shall have a holy assembly. Ye shall do no servile work therein. But ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah seven days. And the seventh day is a holy assembly. Ye shall do no servile work therein. And Yahuwah spoke unto Moshe, saying, Speak unto the children of Yashrael, and say unto them, When ye are come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the firstfruits of your harvest unto the priests. And he shall wave the sheath before Yahuwah. 
to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And ye shall offer that day when you wave the sheath of a he lamb without a blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto Yahuwah. And the meat offering thereof shall be two tenth deals of fine flour mingled with oil, an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah. For a sweet savor, I'm sorry, made by fire unto Yahuwah for a sweet savor, and the drink offering thereof shall be of wine and the fourth part of an hin. And ye shall eat neither bread nor parched grain nor green ears until the safe selfsame day that you have brought an offering unto your Elohim. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. And here's the one that's coming up, right? The Feast of Weeks, Shavuot, Pentecost. And ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that you brought the sheath of the wave offering, even seven Shabbat, Shabbatot, Shabbatot, Sabbaths, shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Shabbat shall ye number fifty days, and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto Yahuwah. And ye shall bring out of your habitations two wave loaves of two tenth deals. They shall be a fine flour, that shall be baking with leaven, and they are the first fruits unto Yahuwah. And ye shall offer with the bread seven lambs without blemish of the first year, and one young and one young bullock and two rams. They shall be for a burnt offering unto Yahuwah, with their meat offering and their drink offering, even an offering made by fire of sweet savor unto Yahuwah. Then ye shall sacrifice one kid of the goats for a sin offering, and two lambs of the first year for a sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest shall wave them with the bread of the firstfruits for a wave offering before Yahuwah. And, or with the two lambs, they shall be holy to Yahuwah for the priest. And ye shall proclaim on the selfsame day that it may be a holy assembly unto you. Ye shall do no servile work therein. It shall be a statute forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. And when you reap the harvest of your land, ye shall not make clean riddance of the corners of your field when you reap. That's the, yeah, that's the gleaning. Neither shall you gather any gleaning of your harvest. You shall leave them unto the poor and to the stranger. I am Yahuwah Elohim. Now we're on to the Feast of Trumpets. And Yahuwah spoke unto Moshe, saying, which Feast of Shofars, right? Speak unto the children of Yashuel, saying, In the seventh month, on in the first day of the month, you shall have a Shabbat, a memorial of blowing of Shofarot, a holy assembly. You shall do no servile work therein, but you shall offer an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah. And Yahuwah spoke unto Moshe, saying, Also, on the tenth day of this seventh month is Yom Kippurim, Day of Atonement. It shall be a holy assembly unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls, and offer an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah. And ye shall do no work in that same day, for it is Yom Kippurim to make an atonement for you before Yahuwah Elohim. For whatsoever soul it be that shall not be afflicted in that same day, he shall be cut off from among his people. And who, whatsoever soul it be that do that does any work in that same day, the same soul which I, which will I destroy from among his people, ye shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwellings. It shall be unto you a Shabbat of rest, 
and ye shall afflict your souls. In the ninth day of the month at evening, from evening to evening, shall ye celebrate your Sabbath. So what's interesting about that is in the Septuagint, in that same verse, It shall be a holy Sabbath to you, and ye shall humble your souls from the ninth day of the month, from evening to evening, ye shall keep your Sabbaths. That's interesting, right? So this is like the only commandment that tells us when to celebrate our Sabbaths. And it's, again, in the KJV, it's just, um, you know, from evening to evening, you shall keep your Sabbath. Uh, but here it's Sabbaths, plural. So another nod as to, uh, yeah, how to do a Shabbat. I'm still doing evening to evening. All right. 2333 and Yahweh spoke unto Moshe saying speak unto the children of Yashrael saying the 15th day of the 7th month shall be a feast of Sukkot tabernacles right for 7 days unto Yahweh on the first day shall be a holy assembly you shall do no servile work therein 7 days you shall offer an offering made by fire unto Yahweh on the eighth day shall be a holy assembly unto you, and ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah. It is a solemn assembly, and ye shall do no servile work therein. These are the feasts of Yahuwah, which ye shall proclaim to be a holy assemblies, to offer an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah. A burnt offering and a meat offering, a sacrifice and drink offerings, everything upon his day. Beside the Shabbatot, the Sabbaths, of Yahuwah, and beside your gifts, and beside all your vows, and beside all your freewill offerings, which you give unto Yahuwah, also in the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when ye have gathered in the fruit of the land, ye shall keep a feast unto Yahuwah seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath, Shabbat, and on the eighth day shall be a Shabbat. And ye shall take you on the first day through the boughs of goodly trees, branches of palm trees, and the boughs of thick trees, and willows of the brook, and ye shall rejoice before Yahweh Elohim seven days. And ye shall keep it a feast unto Yahweh seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. Ye shall celebrate it in the seventh month. Ye shall dwell in Sukkot booths seven days. All that are Yashrael born shall dwell in Sukkoths. That your gar that your generations may know that I made the children of Yashrael to dwell in Sukkot when I brought them up out of the land of Mitzrayim, I am Yahweh. And Moshe declared unto the children of Yashrael the feasts of Yahweh. Excuse me. Last chapter of the night, chapter 24. And Yahuwah spoke unto Moshe, saying, Command the children of Yashrael that they bring unto you pure olive oil, oil olive, beaten for the light, to cause the lamps to burn continually. Now, we may have just read through that really quickly, and you're like, why are you stopping? Everything you need to know about the um, wise and foolish virgins 
is here in a few other places. So again, command the children of Yisrael that they bring unto you pure oil, olive beaten for the light to cause the lamps to burn continually. So there it is. Without the veil of the testimony in the tabernacle of the assembly shall Aharon order it from the evening unto the morning before Yahuwah continually. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. He shall order the lamps upon the pure menorah, seven branch candlestick, before Yahuwah continually. And you shall take fine flour and bake twelve cakes thereof. Two tenth deals shall it be in one cake. And you shall set them in two rows, six on a row, upon the pure table before Yahuwah. And you shall put f pure frankincense upon each row, that it may be on the bread for a memorial, even an offering made by fire unto Yahuwah. Every Shabbat he shall set it in order before Yahuwah continually, being taken from the children of Yashrael by an everlasting covenant. And it shall be Aharon's and his sons, they shall eat it. I'm sorry. And they shall eat it in the holy place. For it is most holy unto him of the offerings of Yahuwah made by fire by a perpetual statute. And the son of a Yashraelitith woman, whose father was a Mitzri, went out among the children of Yashrael. And this son of the Yashraelitith woman. Yashraelith. Yeah. And a man of Yashrael strove together in the camp, right? So this woman and a man strove together. And the Yashraelitith woman's son blasphemed the name of Yahweh and cursed. And they brought him unto Moshe. And his mother's name was Shelomith, the daughter of Divrai, the tribe of Dan. And they put him in ward, that the mind of Yahweh might be showed them. And Yahweh spoke unto Moshe, saying, Bring forth him that has cursed without the camp. And let all that heard him lay their hands upon his heads, his head, and let all the assembly stone him. And ye shall speak unto the children of Yisrael, saying, Whosoever curses his Elohim shall bear his sin. And he that blasphemes the name of Yahuwah, he shall surely be put to death. And all the assembly shall certainly stone him, as well as a stranger, as he that is born in the land, when he blasphemes the name of Yahuwah, shall be put to death. Right, verse 17. And he that kills any man shall surely be put to death. And he that kills a beast shall make a good, beast for beast. And if a man cause a blemish on his neighbor, as he has done, so shall it be done unto him. Breach for breach, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. As he has caused a blemish in a man, so shall it be done to him again. And he that kills a beast... He shall restore it, and he that kills a man, he shall put be put to death. You shall have one manner of law, as well as for the stranger, as for one of your own country, for I am Yahweh Elohim. And Moshe spoke to the children of Yisrael that they should bring forth him that they should bring forth him that had cursed out of the camp and stone him with stones. And the children of Yisrael did as Yahweh commanded Moshe. So. A lot. We went over a lot tonight. And again, I apologize. I had to skip last week. But hey, we got it all done today. And I pray that it was a blessing for you. Let me get this up here. And uh, yeah, 
that is a wrap with uh, the two portions of Leviticus. And like I said, we've got two more weeks of this, and then we're on to numbers. I'm excited, super excited. We're just a few weeks away from uh, last year. We started at week 35, and um, yeah, which was like I think one or two portions into um, yeah. Okay. Any case. Um, well, I pray this was a blessing. I pray you may have learned something. If not, maybe you just had a good time listening to the scriptures. But uh, I posed a few questions out there. If you have some time, um, you know, please uh, give some feedback in the, the comment section so we can all grow and learn together. But uh, anyways, I just want to say shalom to a few people in the chat. And we're going to end with a prayer, Song of Moshe. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. When he says, Adam, I hope you rest well after this and be refreshed. I can tell you're very tired. Yes, I am very tired. Okay. Sorry. Uh, I'm sorry if you guys can see that. But, yeah, this has been a long uh, week and a half. So, yeah, I think it's probably best I get on over to uh, uh, heading off to bed here. So, <clears throat> let's... um. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Yahuwah Most High, we just come before you in Yahusha's name again. Thank you for allowing us to study from your Torah together. Um, pray it was a blessing for my brothers and sisters. I pray that you continue to open our eyes to the wondrous matters out of your Torah that we may grow thereby. Um, nevertheless, Abba, we thank you so much for um, this opportunity you've given us to be sons and daughters of yours. And I pray that we all take it seriously and that we take this walk seriously because we know that you're very serious about this. So put that in our hearts as well. We love you, Abba. We bless you in Yahushua's mighty name. Amen and amen. So, brothers and sisters, uh, good to see you all. Yeah, Laila Tov, thank you. Reba749. Laila Tov to you as well. Sarah Simmons. Uh, Ima. Bilver, Ima, Ima, that's not how you spell it, uh, but Ima means mom. It says, Adam, I am new to live, been watching every day. Appreciate all hey, Good to see you. Welcome. Glad you could join. Glad you can join. Uh, Joe Decker, Josh K. Young, good to see you. Josh Patzek, The Great Deception, Don D., Awesome, awesome. Yevarechecha Yahwa Veyeshmerecha Yaer Yahwa Panav Elecha Vichnuneka Yisa Yahwa Panav Elecha Vyashem Lecha Shalom Yahwa bless you and keep you Yahwa make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you Yahwa lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Brothers and sisters, I pray that you, uh, yes, Pentecost, May 31st. May 31st is coming up. So I uh, pray that your Shabbat is blessed and is restful, peaceful, and um, what a great day to pitch your tent with Elohim, right? So I didn't see Cammy. Is Cammy in here? 
I see Sister Karen Marie Russell. Good to see you, Sister David Shearer. Thank you. By the way, moderators, we will be having a um, um, private Zoom meeting. Um, Uh, Sunday, June 14th at 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. So get with uh, Brother David Shearer, if you haven't not done so, on uh, getting uh, together for that. So Shabbat Shalom, brothers and sisters. We will uh, we'll see you soon, and uh, I'll be reading. Hope, uh, hope you're reading Hanok with me tomorrow. Okay. All right, let's do Song of Moshe, and we're out. All right, Shalom. I sing to Yahuwah, for He is highly exalted. The horse and its rider He has thrown into the sea. Yah is my strength and song, and He has become my deliverance. He is my El, and I praise Him. Elohim of my Father And I exalt Him Yahuwah is a man of battle Yahuwah is His name He has cast Pharaoh's chariots And His army into the sea and his chosen officers are drowned in the sea of reeds. The depths covered them. They went down to the bottom like a stone. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has become great in power. Your right hand, O Yahuwah, has crushed the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence, you pulled down those who rose up against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the wind of your nostrils, the waters were heaped up The floods stood like a wall The depths became stiff In the heart of the sea The enemy said, I pursue, I overtake I divide the spoil My being is satisfied on them I draw out my sword, my hand destroys them you blew with your wind the sea covered them they sank like lead in the mighty waters who is like you oh yahuwah among the mighty ones who is like you great in kodesha awesome in praises 
working wonders. You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. In your kindness, you led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength, you guided them to your Kodesh dwelling. Peoples heard, they trembled. Anguish gripped the inhabitants of Pelasheth. Then the chiefs of Edom were troubled, the mighty men of Moab. Trembling grips them, all the inhabitants of Canaan melted. Fear and dread fell on them by the greatness of your arm. They are as silent as a stone. Until your people pass over, oh Yahuwah. Until the people whom you have bought pass over. You bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. In the place, oh Yahuwah which you have made for your own dwelling. The meek dash, O Yahuwah, which your hands have prepared. Yahuwah reigns forever and ever. Thank you. 